Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor's going to distribute your podcast for you, so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.com. FM to get started. Welcome back to Game of Thrones Weekly. Hold on to your onions because we were talking about Sir Davos. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Yes. Welcome. All right. <laughs> welcome, 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 guys. Uh, this is Game of Thrones Weekly. Uh, Game of Thrones is over, but we are not done talking about it. Uh, are we? Are, is, are we ever done talking about Game of Thrones? Are we honestly, ever be, I mean, I'm not going to be done talking about it. I'm going to be talking about it for the rest of my life. Maybe I'll be studying <laughs> it for the rest of my life. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> my name is Amber Plaster. You guys might uh, recognize me as your chat maester for the last season of Game of Thrones. I'm super excited to be covering uh, individual topics uh, every few weeks here on Game of Thrones Weekly. And you guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Amber Plaster. Uh, and joining me is Zach. Hey guys, I am Zach Wilson. Uh, I'm here to help out uh, with the chat and to help us understand what Amber is about to throw Throw at us. Throw down. Yeah. I will be your guide from the uh, completely unknowing. Yeah. I know nothing. I'm going to try to... Almost Jon Snow levels of nothing. Okay, I'm going to try to like use you to like kind of convince you and hopefully I will also convince our audience at the same time. So this is going to be kind of an unusual show. So this is not the kind of uh, podcast episode that you can tune in and out of. Uh, So unfortunately you'll need to stick with me from the beginning. And if you miss the beginning, just, just, just hit that replay because I'm going to, I'm going to take you a little bit further out. I'm going to bring it right back around to Game of Thrones, I promise. And those of you who are joining us live, I am in the chat with you. So uh, if you have any questions, let me know. And even if we can't get to you right away, I will get to you before the end of the episode. Yes. So uh, Zach is the uh, chat maester uh, this time around, which I'm super (laughs) honored to have you here. Um, And we will make room for questions and answers. So uh, basically on Game of Thrones Weekly, we can do... um, whatever kind of topic we pitch here at the studio and something that has been kind of like itching at me is this theory that I have about Sir Davos and so I kind of wanted to use this time to uh, to break it down for you guys and I this came about because I wanted to to find this theory on Reddit and I couldn't find it and I was like how am I the only person who's thought of this why has no one thought of this how they all start yeah so I'm, I'm going to break it down for you guys. So, um, yeah. Uh, also, we are going to be doing Game of Thrones Weekly every Sunday at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, which is the time that our regular Game of Thrones would be airing. So um, next week is actually going to be uh, Ryan Malady. He's going to be hosting his own Game of Thrones Weekly. So make sure to check in for that. Um, da, 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 da. Okay, let's get into it. Um, so in this episode of Game of Thrones Weekly... It is curated by yours truly, and it is devoted to the theory that I developed while discussing the future, the rise, and the rise of cryptocurrency, which I'm kind of interested in. Um, You know, um, I know that that sounds a little bit out there for this, but I see a very clear connection to one of the characters in Game of Thrones, so stick with me. 
Um, I got you. I got you on this one. I got you. All right, drop it on us. All right. So uh, my theory is that Sir Davos is a metaphor for Tor. Specifically that George R. R. Martin wrote Sir Davos um, intentionally to represent Tor. Tor being the internet... That is used... Search... For the dark web. Yes. That is what okay. it is known for, and it is misunderstood, and we're going we're gonna to break that down as well. Um, so... Obviously, there are there are correlations between Sir Davos's nickname as the Onion Knight and Tor's proper name, which is the Onion Router. Uh, Sir Davos doesn't technically have a warrant out for his arrest, um, but he stays low key, and Tor isn't technically illegal, but <laughs> it stays real low key. Uh, so let's just cover some basic terms before we get into it, and then I promise I'll bring back everything full circle. So, what is Tor? Tor is a free software for enabling anonymous communication. The name is derived from an acronym from the original software project name, the Onion Router. So Tor directs internet traffic through a free worldwide volunteer overlay network. Okay. So what is an overlay network? I promise. I'm, I'm not going to leave you hanging, guys. I promise. So um, it's a little bit complicated, but basically... And for our, our Davos theory, let's suffice to say an overlay network is a computer network that's built on top of another existing network. So um, kind of like how we built our computers on top of phone lines. Basically, that's the theory of that. So I kind of took to, that to mean like, oh, you know how like um, King's Landing is built on top of the sewers that Tyrion brought. Um, oh, oh, gosh. I'll, I don't even know that the right... The, <laughs> The whores in Tatan. I don't have a better word for that. I don't. What would you? The his whore tunnels. Yeah, his whore tunnels. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a nicer way to put that, but look, I, don't, I think I don't, I don't think you have to be nice about it. That's what they were. They were whore tunnels, <laughs> and if that sounds dirty, it should because we're talking about uh, Tyrion. Yeah. So he was kay. a dirty, dirty man. Great. So that's what it reminded me of the overlay network. Okay, back to tour. <laughs> Tor directs internet traffic through a free worldwide volunteer overlay network consisting of more than 7,000 relays to conceal a user's location, usage uh, from anyone conducting network surveillance or analysis. So using Tor makes it more difficult for internet activity to be traced back to the user. This includes like visits to websites, online posts, instant messages, and other forms of communication. Tor, Tor is used... Uh, to protect personal privacy of users as well as their freedom and the ability to conduct confidential communication, something maybe a little more confidential than sending a raven, you might say, uh, but keeping the internet activities from being monitors. Like, Tor isn't perfect. Um, in fact, it's kind of awkward to me because it runs on Linux, um, which is a super old system that um, I don't know very much about. I will admit because I'm kind of a lazy Mac user. So how about that? Uh, <laughs> Tor does not prevent an online service from determining when it is being accessed through Tor. So if you were to like use an email on, say, your Firefox browser, your email would be able to see that you are accessing your service on Firefox. The same goes for Tor. Um, so to recap, uh, Tor, a.k.a. the Onion Router software, aims to conceal its users' identities and their online activity from surveillance and traffic analysis by separating identification and routing. It is an implement, it's an implementation, hello, of onion routing, which encrypts and then randomly bounces communications through a network of relays run by volunteers around the globe. So now that we understand what Tor is, basically, 
Uh, let's cover another term, and then I promise we're going to bring it back around to uh, Sir Davos. So onion routing. Onion routing is a technique for anonymous communication over a computer network. In an onion network, messages are encapsulated. Um, such a good word. Uh, in layers of encryption similar to the layers of an onion. So, side note, when you encrypt something, it basically just means to encode or cover up. Um, And to me, that works perfectly for somebody who might be uh, a smuggler, you know? This is, like, the different, like, layers of Sir Davos, like, hiding his past. Yes, and others. Because he smuggles good and bad things. Um, Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Uh, onion routing was originally developed in the 90s by the U.S. Naval Research employees to protect U.S. intelligence. Sound familiar? Like how instead of like sending a raven in Game of Thrones, you might be better off sending a trusted, hardly traceable spider to whisper for the right people for you? Okay? Are you with me? You following? All right, all right. Okay. See where I'm headed? Uh, <laughs> so now that we have a basic understanding of what Tor is, let's answer a very popular question about Tor, which is... Is Tor illegal? <laughs> Just using Tor to browse the internet is not illegal. Hiding your IP address and browsing history is not, in of itself, illegal. However, many of those that use Tor use it specifically for anonymity because they are doing something illegal. Usually something real illegal. Usually something real dark, which is why it's called the dark web. Uh, so what is Tor typically used for? And to me, this is where it gets good because this is where... I started reading into it and being like, oh my gosh, it's just like Sir Davos. Oh my gosh, it's just like Sir Davos. Uh, so Tor has, for example, been used by criminals, hacktivism groups, law enforcement agencies, um, sometimes simultaneously, likewise, with agencies within the U.S. government uh, that fund it and at the same time seek to control it. So basically the point here is to remember that like the goodies and the baddies both want Tor. So do people in Game of Thrones do with Ser Davos. Good people and bad people seek to use him yeah, literally all the time. Yeah, I mean, between, like, obviously right now he's with John, who I think we could all agree is a good guy. I think most people right? right? Yeah, uh, yeah. But he was also definitely used by Stannis, who is questionable. Yeah, real questionable. Questionable at best, I think real we could say. Um, so Tor is also used for illegal activities, for example, to a- gain access to censored information um, and to organize political activities uh, or to circumvent laws against criticism of heads of state. Protecting the red lady, anyone? <laughs> <laughs> Helping the red lady birth a demon monster, <laughs> anyone? <laughs> uh, so Tor can be used for anonymous uh defamation it can be used for news leaks of sensitive information uh, copyright infringement illegal sexual content selling controlled substances which is kind of like the silk road incident yeah it's a it's a black market duke chronic in the chat points out that davos uh had a black sale yes yes Thank you. I'm going to bring it around to that, too, because I noticed it, too. Uh, So we have the black market. We have Davos with the black sales. We later, once the U.S. government funds Tor, it gets the logo, which is the onion. And later, when Stannis forgives Sir Davos of smuggling, essentially doing his job, 
he gets to um, be knighted and he chooses the onion as his sigil and and sews it onto his black sails. So it just feels similar, kind of like they kind of got legitimized, like okay. kind of near around the same time, um, like almost like at the very beginning. Um, and also like it just kind of like reminds me of like, hey, I'm complicated on top of like my darkness, my dark <laughs> past. <laughs> um, so yeah, so... Uh, we're not going to get into Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies because I don't want to be too misleading on that, even though that's super like what got me into this discussion. <laughs> um, Tor has also been used to like brick the Internet of Thing devices, which like I love. And there's so much to dissect about that because I can't really go too much into the Internet of Things without going into like Mr. Robot instead of Game of Thrones. So I'm, I'm not going to do it, but basically check out that show is what I'm saying. Basically, the Internet of Things is when regular objects uh, get connected over the cloud, thus becoming hackable. So if a hacker got a hold of your smart fridge because they couldn't get into your phone, it's, like, a terrifying thing. So the reason I bring up the Internet of Things is because if Tor can be used to break it, then reason would stand that Sir Davos could, in fact, break connections on Game of Thrones. Oh, like, sever, like, relationships between people? And communication. Like, intercept things or fake things, kind of like how he went to go back and get Gendry. And was like, oh, I have crab back there. You know, just kind of basically messing with the communication of things and concealing it in that way. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's, a, I think, a, a smuggler just in general. That's true. can be used, like, to, to like, anything that can, a smuggler can do is especially send messages. Like, create forgeries, like, all these things. It's like the life of a smuggler. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, concealing and delivering concealing whatever and delivering. you want. But now that we've covered like the darkness behind Tor, I kind of want to argue the light side of Tor because it's not just for bad purposes. So Tor's users include normal people who wish to keep their activities private from government or maybe oppressive governments who are trying to kind of have a dictatorship or uh, communist rule or something like that. Um, or maybe they just don't want advertisements, you know, on their emails, you know, like whatever. Maybe they're just normal people. I don't know. Um, but I, I've, I found out that Tor is increasingly used by victims of domestic violence and the social workers that try to help them out. So when properly used, Tor can help people against digital stalking. Um, and Tor has also been used by news organizations to protect the privacy of whistleblowers, um, which sounds super familiar to me. Because he's essentially protecting so many people at once, Sir Davos is, while also kind of letting in the crazy. Um, so Sir Davos is a reformed smuggler. Um, we'll just cover a little bit about Sir Davos. He used his ship to sail the narrow sea, smuggling goods uh, from the free cities to the seven kingdoms and back again. And I think that's really beautiful being like, oh, from the free people to maybe the controlled government and getting the information back out again undetected kind of similar to how he um during robert's rebellion davos helped uh his uh, number one boy his bff stannis uh baratheon seems like ages ago that we even talked about stannis but he was he was in book one you guys uh <laughs> he uh he helped stannis baratheon uh while he was under attack in storm's end by delivering smuggled onions and other food uh, into the castle, and the supplies helped Stannis' forces stay alive. So to me, this reminds me of how Tor can uh, be used to help whistleblowers release their information in a non-threatening kind of way. So, um, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is so you can can you kind of do you, do you follow where I'm yeah, going with this? Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's it like I mean the 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 smuggler thing is like the biggest connection to me because it's like it Davos is all about going through and being the the underground in like if you could just say a, a battle if, if there was a battle on the internet yeah for people's control it would be through tor it would be through tor because uh, anything else could be controlled by a corporation yeah it's using the back it's the only way to use back channels which is what davos has been doing the entire time he is the back channel it feels like yeah um i wonder if it almost works for the spider too but i feel like for some reason he doesn't hmm. have as many abilities to like he he almost like ascertains secrets. Davos just like he kind of pops up in the places where you don't necessarily mm. like he's just like he's everywhere important. Yeah. Like you're like, "Oh, this is a really important part in the uh, Westeros history in the whatever uh this is eventually going to be called uh when when the uh, like the like, battles when, and the events and when the maesters eventually at the on the last scene uh go full uh the hobbit and are just like a song of ice and fire <laughs> close uh davos will be like in all of these places and like this guy seems important more important than anyone ever wagered uh-huh like how he was um, just kind of there when john woke up from the dead you know, he just had to get the message out, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but he's, like, he's put himself, it, like, whether knowingly or not, he has made himself part of the fabric of this story in a deep way where if he's not there, the world might crumble. If he's not there to f- help facilitate it or yeah. know about it. Yeah. Or even um, weigh in on it. Yeah. Because which... he was kind of the uh, um, impartial, trusted advisor of Stannis. R.I.P. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because well, he it's like was how, so how much faster would Stannis have have fallen, or like would John have been brought back to life, or all of these things? And you could say if like with Tor, like if because we know that it's been used to do some like dark stuff, like transferring of funds, like maybe people would maybe things would have found a different way to like raise an insurgency in another country, or all of the or like channel or funnel like drug money across the globe all of these things it might have happened without tor but tor got it there davos got john there and back where he needed to be yeah yeah um there and back again see i mean there, another it, hobbit reference <laughs> love it love it <laughs> um yeah so uh, there's other similarities to me too uh which is you know how uh, Stannis rewards Sir Davos by giving him some land and knighting him. This kind of reminds me of how, like, the U.S. government funds Tor so that it can keep its own military intelligence sharp. Um, da, 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 da. Uh, Sir Davos chose the name Seaworth for his family's new uh, house. Oh, I remember when he had a family. That was sad. Uh, <laughs> Seaworth was a reference to his smuggling past. Uh, and, like, snooty members of the older house is called Davos the Onion Knight for his old smuggling ways, but he embraced the title because Davos is not only a badass, he is humble, too. He's a great character. Uh, and he proudly took the onion for a sigil and sewed it onto the ship's sails, which is, like, what, what the uh, chat uh, watchers were saying. Uh, and this reminds me of Tor because not only is it named the Onion Router, its extensions, or flags, if you will, instead of .com, are .onion. Um, so how else is Sir Davos an allegory for Tor? 
Well, uh, Davos has several sons who serve on his ship with him. One of his sons, Mathos, um, who remember in the show actually gets burned by wildfire when Jamie lights all the ships on fire, um, was a scribe for Stannis. Mm. So let's break it into Tor similarities. Tor, a.k.a. Sir Davos, has several users, a.k.a. sons, including the ones that work for the U.S. military, using Tor as an opportunity to write coded messages for the heads of government. So Davos is proud of his son's education, yet Sir Davos remains illiterate throughout the books and most of the seasons of the show until he meets Shireen. Um, and even then, he's not fully literate, I don't think. Um, so Tor, And just like that, Tor is proud of its users and the Tor project that helps people understand it better, um, but remains completely impartial, even blind, to the stuff that goes on in Tor. So I kind of see a similarity between Sir Davos being illiterate and Tor being blind to like the good and the really terrible things that go on. And that's kind of what makes it beautiful to me is that it's so impartial i mean sir davos is loyal to his king and while tor is freeware and it's not really loyal to any one government which is you know again the beauty of it i would argue that sir davos is aided by his king similar to how tor is funded by the partially funded by the u.s government so it's kind of like while keeping his users safe from the very government it reminds me how sir davos works for melisandre yet because he has to even though he hates her he aims to keep Stannis safe from her. He aims to keep Shireen safe from her. So it's just a beautiful little catch-22 <laughs> that I enjoy so much. Um, I'm going to take some time for questions from the live chat here in a minute, but I want to leave you guys with some of my favorite Tor Sir Davos uh, correlations to chew on. And I would love to hear yours as well, because for some reason this topic just endlessly fascinates me, <laughs> and I can't find it anywhere else on the Internet, so I wanted to talk about it with you guys. Um, so Tor is used to protect identity and freedom of communication. Even when Davos discusses the fate of Gendry uh, with the B- his, you know, BFF for life, Stannis, he stands by protecting the freedom of the greater good uh, when Stannis says, uh, what is the life of one bastard boy against a kingdom? And Davos says everything. And this is so baller because... This is Stannis. This is his king. He would die for his king, and he's not giving up Gendry because he believes in the greater good. Like, he believes in helping everyone. So Ser Davos is just as publicly misunderstood and yet somehow equally trusted as Tor is to me in that instance. So anyway, I've made my case. Let's take some questions. Um, yeah, so guys, drop any any questions that you have in there. Um uh, Let me know your when thoughts. was so Andrew Manford wants to know uh, like when was Tor like around because like or like uh, or when was it known as the Onion uh, like when did that first happen and then like versus like when was uh, so the original um, Davos introduced the original software for um, the original software was used on Linux um, to kind of create a package that you could download and share files and then it became a community and then it became encrypted and protected and then it became 
the Onion Router. Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all these shows for you free is by our amazing sponsors, and today Spotify is one of our sponsors. On Spotify, you can listen to all of your favorite artists and podcasts in one place for free. You don't even need a premium account. Spotify has a huge catalog of podcasts on every topic, including the one you're listening to right now. On Spotify, you can follow your favorite podcast so you don't miss an episode. Premium users can even download episodes to listen to offline, wherever they are, and you can easily share what you're listening to with all your friends and following on Instagram. If you haven't done so already, be sure to download the Spotify app and search for AfterBuzz TV on Spotify or browse podcasts in the Your Library tab. Also, make sure you follow us so you never miss an episode of AfterBuzz TV. So it kind of came about in the mid-1990s. Okay. And then it became properly named. It started getting funding. It started being so good at um, covering up communication that the U.S. government started funding it, and then it became Tor. Got it. So similar to how Sir Davos came from nothing, started from the bottom, now we hear, <laughs> came from like, you know, flea bottom, uh, and then uh, then went all the way to being like, you know, the king, the king's most trusted advisor, uh, humble beginnings, humble beginnings, guys. Got it. And so what, when was Davos first introduced in like the books? Because like, so your theory, you think that this is not just like a cool facsimile, but like that George R. R. Martin knowingly... I would like I would like to imagine and like argue that George R. R. Martin wrote Sir Davos with Tor in mind and I kind of just like to imagine that that happened and then I was uh, right before we started the show I was like l- still researching anything that George R. R. Martin had talked about Tor and I couldn't find anything but he did go on Conan O'Brien a few years ago and say that the secret to his writing is that he uses a computer for um, email and taxes and communication, and then he uses a completely different computer on Linux to write. Hmm. Because it can't be hacked, because it's so old. He uses a word <laughs> processor. And I was like, I believe it, because he's just he just doesn't care. He g- gives zero cares. Um, and I was like, well, if he uses Linux... First of all, it lets me know that he at least knows what Tor is. Yes. And how could he have a character that he loves so much and not, like, see any similarity? I don't know. He's a sci-fi fantasy writer. I think it's safe to say he knows about Tor. Yeah, right? Uh, especially if he uses Linux. It, it just it just implies that he's a big computer guy. Uh, like, look, at least I, I work with computers all the time, like Mac, PC. I don't touch Linux because I just don't have the time or, 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 like, the need to use it. But if he feels the need to use it, like I, and says that he writes think, all of his, like he that's what he uses. Yeah, um, that's what he prefers. So I wonder if if that's sort of like his tribute to an older an older twentieth century way of communication. Yeah, maybe which he's talked about preferring. Before. Um, Christian Dash uh, is wondering, uh, do you think that Davos, and I, I'm curious, like, with, I'll, I'll add this, like, with this theory in mind, uh-huh. will Davos survive the war when all is said and done? I think so. I think so. It, it, especially with this theory in mind, I think so. Um, because if, 
I'm trying so hard not to bring cryptocurrency into this. Um, <laughs> we don't have time, you guys. This is like uh, the third time, unrelated, that I've talked about cryptocurrency this weekend. Yeah, it's great. It's great. <laughs> it's really great. Um, yeah, it, because it's becoming more and more secure, and it's becoming global. And just because our government is ignoring it doesn't mean that it's not becoming powerful in the same way that just because King's Landing is ignoring the White Walkers doesn't mean they're not growing in power not that the white walkers are cryptocurrency but um i think that's more of an allegory for climate change yeah but um yeah i do i do think sir davos is going to be around he's already survived two fights two battles i believe that he should not have ever survived (laughs) also he like washed up on a shore and was like sunburned for days and still some some pirate similar to like pirating on the internet literally saved him um I don't know. I just, I, I, I think there's a few characters that I think are safe in Game of Thrones, and Sir Davos is one of them. Yeah. Um, Zia Sluop wants to know uh, what Linux is. Linux is a an operating system, just like Windows or Mac, but Linux is an open source operating system, so that the idea you can, anyone can edit it. It's just out there to be used, and you can, there are different versions of it that are more like quote-unquote official, but anyone can change it or use it and then upload their version of it for other people to use. That way it can grow as the community sees it fit. Um, It's editable as you need it. You can adjust the system to whatever your needs are, provided you understand programming, which I do not. I do not either. I know just enough to know that I should not be on there. Uh, Um, (laughs) But it it is slow also, something to note, that that, uh, Linux is slow. It takes a while, and it takes a while to get the information that you need compared to, like, Google Chrome or something that you would normally be using. Well, it's, I mean, it's it's an operating system, so like you guys can change it up and like that. That's that's the beauty of it. Is like oh, I don't can, know. I was comparing it to a browser. I'm sorry. You're right. No, it's yeah. That's the, that's the thing. It's like yeah. um, I think Tor might be more uh, of a Tor might be a little slower since it has to go through all these back channels. I think that's and, like, what I mean. Root. But Linux is just like it's another way in. So like if you know programming well, you can change Linux. Um, but going back to the thing yeah. we're talking about, um, I really like your theory. Just because of the importance that of like, especially from a hacker's point of view, yeah. that Tor has on the world, and combine that with the the, the Sir Davos as Azor Ahai theory, which of all the like the di- literally, I do enjoy every single character on Game of Thrones has now had an Azor Ahai theory. About can you them. can you break that down for the listeners re- really quickly? So okay, I'll do my best. Just like just I- like. I'm not actually because I'm not, like I'll be honest, I'm not a book reader. Sure. In this okay. case, I am going to read all the books once the show is done. One version of the characters. That's all I need in my head. It's all good. Um, but Azar Hyde, the prince who was promised, uh, is like destined to make his like return, like an ancient warrior mm-hmm. with his sword, light bringer, mm-hmm. um, and, and basically the, save the day. Yeah, and so like the the the. Melisandre lays out the theories like when the red star bleeds and the darkness gathers Azor High shall be born again amidst smoke and salt to wake dragons out of stone and so like born amongst smoke and salt like Sir Davos is a man of the sea there's your salt uh, I, I, flea bottom there's your smoke yeah um, I guess uh, if, we're, if we're leaning into that theory and he was there at the big thing of all that stuff he was there when John was reborn from death, which now that we have it officially confirmed that John is a is Aegon Targaryen, mm-hmm. he woke a dragon out of stone 
from from, from the death from the oh. stony hands of death. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a little bit of stretch. There's like a lot more. Like you guys can can look also, it up online. Also, he was online. there to facilitate it. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. He like he was the one who was standing there when John like, came back, and also kind of guarding the door. Yeah. Um, so the, there is a the thing is like all these like vague uh, prophecy things. Like literally, like there's one that equal, sounds equally promising for Jamie. Um, mm. That you can oh, yeah. bend the words to apply to almost every character. John has it. D- Danny has it. Like, but I like the Davos one because I like the idea of this, like the prince who was promised this super important thing, this super important person that's going to change the world, being the most unassuming of everybody. Yeah. Like, just like your theory with Tor, like this little known operating system that like most most people do not pay attention to. Yeah has the potential to change the face of the planet. Yeah. If it's used in certain ways. And if you wield Davos appropriately, he might change history. Absolutely. That's a really beautiful way of putting it. And I I would love to see Sir Davos be the prince that is promised, almost because we've had almost no... We've had a lot of love and a lot of theories for Jamie and John and Danny. Like, we, we, that's kind of been discussed openly in the show. You know, kind of like, you know, we first see Danny and she's supposed to be promised this kingdom. Like, we never really had any of that for Davos. And it just seems something more like Game of Thrones would throw at us because it would kind of be coming out of nowhere. And they kind of like a, uh, a rags to riches story in Game of Thrones to kind of prove that even though you're of royal descent, so many different things un, like that you could never even see can ruin you in this yeah. show. I think Sir Davos is one of them. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, Do you have any other theories? And while we're going over theories, All I, right. I know you said you had one. I want to All right, there's it. one that I've, like, wanted to talk about because it's just, like, it's been playing where it's a conspiracy theory, which I feel like if we're talking about Tor is, like, appropriate to the, to the, to the themes of the evening. <laughs> uh, but this is more towards, like, the, the meta, like, the real world stuff. Okay. Because uh, everyone's like, what? What? Everyone's questioning what? Where's the next book? Like, we have a year and a half probably. Yeah, where's that book? Where season. is that book? Where is Winds of Winter? He's never gonna write it, guys. Uh, not to mention the book after that, because it's not even the last one. Um, and my the, the the thing the conspiracy theory that I have is basically I am convinced that the book and possibly even the final book are written and sitting in George R. R. Martin's drawer. On his Linux computer, his unhackable Linux computer. Oh, on the okay, <laughs> on the word processor. I'll add that into it. All right. But basically, I, it just stems from the. I was thinking about like HBO as a company has nothing to gain by those books coming out. In fact, they have everything to lose by book the books coming out. That's true. Uh, because like, here's the thing: like, if the books, if if he releases the next book and people love it. More than they necessarily love the show. Because the show's been, like, great, but, like, people have had problems with this and this. People love to complain. But, like, if the show, if the book is better than the show, the next season might see a dip because people are going to be like, ah, the book was better. They're going to be annoyed by that. They're going to check it. Start checking out. If the book is worse than the TV show, then people are just going to soften on Game of Thrones in general because they're like, oh, it peaked. Like, what if the story's not good? They're going to soften on it. There's no positives to for HBO, just purely from HBO, that 
for those books to come out. So I'm convinced that it's a, one of a few things, but the big one, I think HBO is just like paying George R. R. Martin just to sit on the books. Because and then once the sh- once the show's done, it comes you think out. Just on he the releases shelf? the new books, and people continue to talk about Game of Thrones for a month for another. They keep it continues the Game of Thrones talk even after the show's off the air. That's true. Um, it's they have everything to gain by by waiting two more years for those books to come out, and nothing to like. There's no loss by by waiting. Okay. And he keeps putting out more content. He's writing more Game of Thrones lore. Consistently, that's true. He keeps putting out new, like little novellas and things. My so, like, he's not stalled completely, and he know he has to know where the story is ending because he's already communicated that with the producers. I can see how you would think that, especially since HBO has invested so much money into filming this in so many beautiful countries and locations. Like, they can't really afford to have interest dip in the last season. But what does George R. R. Martin have to gain? Because I just feel like he's just the kind of person who just doesn't care. I feel like he will just release whatever he wants to release because he's <laughs> crazy like that. I mean, like the Red Wedding. He doesn't care what anyone wants. Oh, well, wants. he doesn't care. Like, he wants to tell his story, but, I mean... What I does he have knows? to gain? <laughs> whatever, 50, like $50 million. I don't know, whatever, like, HBO I mean, He's already a multimillionaire. Him. It's true. Um, it could be that, creatively, he wants the show to be successful in that sense. Um, so there's like, the more positive okay. version where he sees that perspective as well and is like, okay, this is best for the show that he is an executive producer on. And okay, I can see him being on board. Wait. Um, or there's the other, there's the other, I mean, there's the, to combat my theory here, um, like that he wants to see reactions to the show and maybe that would, inf- like, it, to change, like, oh, people reacted this way to this well i want to see how they react to this man i wish except sort I of like... reverse of what walking dead did where it's like okay well i saw how people reacted to the comics and then um kirkman saying well i'm gonna tr- what happens if the characters do this instead on the show okay where he just made slight differences creatively like where it was the same characters but in a slight tweak of the circumstances and then what happens if it goes down this road um, that's a good theory and I'm gonna be really creeped out if like right after the last season they're gonna be like and releasing the I'm telling you it's gonna happen watch I don't know when like uh, I just keep thinking of, of uh, Rick and Morty it's like a year, we'll be back in a year and a half or longer <laughs> or longer uh, that's Game of Thrones at this point but uh, and like um, Langley and Neely in the chat hey Langley uh, it's, I'm, not, I'm still understanding the rush to finish a show in two really short seasons. I think it's that they basically, basically from my, from my, from what I can see of it, just like as from a production standpoint, I think they had basically 13 beats that they had to hit between like the beginning of last season and the end of the show. And with a limited, with like they have a big, big budget, but like look at the difference in like how much they did in terms of battle sequences. So they like they were like we're gonna hit these beats in each episode. The episodes are gonna end here, and that's just the that's where the episodes end. And whatever, however long they take, like the episodes were eighty one minutes, seventy one minutes. They're not sixty minute episodes of television. Right? I prefer yeah. the shorter seasons. I think that you're right. I think they have beats that they have to hit, and I would rather be left wanting more than having filler. I mean, I've already had people complain about one of the episodes being filler, and I loved that episode. And I was like, geez, can you imagine if there was, like, five more episodes? 
I mean, this season definitely didn't feel like filler. They felt like they were going at a breakneck pace. Of I mean, for me, I agree. Yeah. But um, but either way, uh, I mean, only time will tell. And if he releases it like next week, I'm just gonna be like totally wrong. <laughs> but I don't know. It's just but it's then just we'll a conspiracy all be happy theory. because we'll have more books to read. No, because then I'm gonna have to like boycott the internet again. Like, waiting until the next season. <laughs> that was the thing. For TV watchers, people who started watching in TV, and, like, for me, who, like, I just prefer one form of a story, and then I can move on to a second once okay. the first one's done. I just don't like to have two versions running around in my head at the same time. I kind of did that with Harry Potter. I was like, I have to read the books first. I can't. I can't even look at any yeah. of these movies first. I it was just, I got hooked it. on the TV show, and then I didn't want to, like, change, like, there's differences, and I didn't want to have both of them. And then I have to wait. Which one was it? It was in the. I mean, I so, will say that like I know there's lots of spoilers online, but like I think that you can still like catch little weird things about the book online and still re- go back and read book one to the newest book and still like glean so many new things. We'll see when the show's done. I'm gonna go back and read all of them. Yeah. In one big fell swoop. Uh, so we won't be seeing Zach after, for a year, as, a year and a half. As soon as the show finishes, <laughs> because that's when the next books will come out. <laughs> okay he's calling it he's calling it and i agree um yeah all right (laughs) all right well uh as we uh get ready to close out the show um if you enjoy this episode won't you share it with your friends i would appreciate it uh this is also a podcast as well as we are on uh youtube if you catch us live you can be in the chat with us and if you don't you can always hit the replay um also note that game of thrones weekly will return next sunday Uh, Same time, same place, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, uh, with another host to cover another Westeros topic. Um, So who's on deck for next Sunday? Uh, It's going to be our very own Ryan Milady. So be sure to check that out. And also, if you're into other crazy fantasy shows uh, with the undead, walking undead, (laughs) uh, make sure to check out Fear the Walking Dead after show, which is coming up next right here on AfterBuzz TV on their YouTube channel. Uh, Chatmaster, where can our listeners find you on the internet? Uh, tell me I'm completely wrong on my conspiracy theory or just keep the conversation going. Find me on Twitter, Instagram, all places on the internet at that Zach Wilson, T H A T Z C H W I L S O N. And on AfterBuzz TV in a couple of months, uh, in November, uh, I will definitely be back for the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. after show. Nice. Coming in for strong for season five. Uh, I think there may be some other stuff coming up. Uh, between now and then, uh, stay tuned to my Twitter uh, for updates. Awesome. Thanks for helping me out. Yeah, yeah. thanks for having me in. Yeah. Uh, I am your host, Amber Plaster. You guys can look at my weird blue hair on Twitter and Instagram at Amber Plaster. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments and questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.